The Tax Collector and the Pharisee by Peter Gallen. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. New International Version. There's a lot to observe in Christ's parable for today. Notice six observations of the story. 1. We cannot make ourselves right with God. I'm convinced that most Gentile Christians, standing two millennia apart from Christ's telling of this parable, are much too hard on the Jewish Pharisees. Well, I'm certainly glad that I am not like the Pharisee in this story. So many tell themselves. It seems to me the Pharisees get a bad rap because of our own predilection to justify ourselves. After all, we can only really criticize something we are already familiar with. A temptation which every individual and community faces is the seduction toward self-justification, instead of being justified by God. Way back in the day, when I made treadmill belts for a living, I was in charge of quality control. It was my job to make sure that the quality department provided the shipping department with a finished product, free of defects, and could stand the test of continual use. I justified the belt as being a treadmill belt of integrity, the belt did not, nor could not, justify itself, hide or fix its flaws, or make itself right. To think that a treadmill belt could justify itself is in the same sort of crazy that believes we can make ourselves right. No, it is God alone who justifies the sinner. The paradox of Christ's parable is that the real sinners are those who claim to be righteous, while the truly righteous are those who recognize they cannot justify themselves and need God to make them right. 2. We need to be honest about the right thing. In order to hear the good news about God's ability to justify and make right, we must also hear the bad news about why we need justification to begin with. An honest look into the mirror reveals that we have been hiding behind a cosmetic facade of self-justification. Our illusions and delusions need to be confronted and shattered. Because only then can we receive grace and realize the peace and harmony of God's justification. Since God justifies, I don't have to. I don't need to defend myself, make myself look better than I am, nor fool myself into believing that the false facade is the true self. The parable of Jesus is a contrast between the Pharisee who justifies himself, and the tax collector who looks to God alone for his justification. 3. The put-together guy wants to make himself right. Jesus uses a Pharisee as a character in the parable because the guy represented someone who everyone else looks up to as the model of a spiritual and religious person. Christ is inviting his hearers to look beyond the facade of what we see with our physical eyes. We need to use our spiritual eyes to notice below the surface. Look at the attitude. The smug self-justifying disposition is flat-out sin. What's more, self-justification is a root of all sorts of sins. Judging ourselves to be right means that others are wrong. That attitude creates division, separates people into bad and good, fosters disharmony, and is an affront to God. To try and obtain what is already provided by grace is plain old-fashioned sin. 4. We're obsessed with the right lines. Adam and Eve were told by God that they could eat from any tree in the garden but were given strict instructions not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Genesis 2 15-17, so, why avoid that particular tree? Because it was a tree which spiritually and socially blinds people. Adam and Eve ate from it and their eyes were open to a different reality, 
which was actually a closed view of reality that changed the way humanity deals with one another. From that point forward, people began drawing lines down the middle and placing themselves on the good side while vilifying those on the other side, the bad side. Apple Picking, The Fall of Adam and Eve, by Vittorio Conta. Adam and Eve immediately began justifying their actions, their attitudes, and their behavior. Genesis 3 8-13, Adam drew a line, that woman, Eve, gave me the fruit, she's on the other side, it's her fault. Eve drew a line, the serpent made me do it, that wasn't really me, I'm basically good. And ever since, the quest of making ourselves right has never stopped. Today, we draw all sorts of lines. A popular religious line is this, we're good, they're bad. Our theology is right, everybody else's is wrong. The Bible says. Insert a kooky interpretation of scripture, based in self-justification and separation of people into good and bad groups. People draw class lines, race lines, gender lines, ethnic lines, economic lines. We want clean lines, vertical lines, horizontal lines, perpendicular lines, thick lines, thin lines, any kind of line, just give me a line. Let's go line dancing. Maybe take an airline. There are offensive lines and defensive lines. By the way, what's the line on the Packers? We even judge the lines themselves, long lines, short lines, front lines, back lines, and DMV lines are clearly evil, right? Why are we so obsessed with drawing lines? So that we can take self-justifying sides. Violence, war, and most every other sin of the world comes from the original sin project of trying to make ourselves right, I'm okay, you're not. The Pharisee, really a representative of us all, drew a very clear line between himself and the despised sinful tax collector. Notice that self-justification always compares itself with others. Those who obsessively draw lines are compulsively concerned about other people, they believe they have a right to know what's going on with them. They remain vigilant to keep the lines drawn and distinguish themselves from those on the other side. 5. God is on the other side of the right line. The Pharisee found that every time he drew a line, God was on the other side with the sinners. That makes perfect biblical sense. If God alone justifies sinners and makes them right, and if Jesus identifies with them in his life, death, and resurrection, then God is to be found on the other side of our line drawing. A self-justified person sees no need for God's justification. Therefore, God is not on their side, God is on the other side, justifying sinners by making them right. 6. The unraveled guy wants to be made right. Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner, by Ronald Robb. The tax collector's only concern was for God to show him mercy because he is a sinner. In contrast to the proud attitude of the Pharisee, the tax collector, a sinner by anyone's definition, humbled himself and sought justification from God alone. Justification by God makes us right and lifts the curse upon humanity and reverts everything back to its original design. Revelation 22 1-5. Erases the lines. Romans 4 7-8. Restores our souls are and strengthens our faith. Acts 16 5, Romans 4 20. Enables us to rest in Christ's finished work. John 19 28-30. Does not condemn us. Romans 8 1-2. Eliminates comparisons because Christ is sufficient for us. Colossians 2 13-14. Replaces the anxiety and fear about how we look to others with the contentment and satisfaction of God's love in Christ. 1 John 4 16-18. Conclusion. Self-justification separates us from people and creates distance and division. But God's justification connects people in love and crosses the arbitrary lines created by others. The bad news, many religious folk, when confronted with their self-justifying attitudes, do not change. Instead, 
they label the person as bad and place the offending person on the other side of their line so that they can maintain their facade of righteousness. The good news, Jesus can be found on the other side of the line because justification is a gift. Yet, until we go to Him, outside our little camp, we will continue in vain to make ourselves look good and be on the right side of everything while making others look bad. The good and the right is to humbly, and with much flavor, cry out to God for mercy because only the Lord can save us from our plight. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, and grant me your peace. Just and right God, by your mercy we were created, and by your mercy you redeemed us through your Son, the Lord Jesus. Your mercy is the light by which all people, both sinner and saint, return to you. Your divine justice and your divine mercy exist together so that you refuse to punish us as we deserve. Lord Jesus, it was not enough for you to take on our humanity, you died for us as well. So, we humbly and gratefully receive your gracious deliverance from sin, death, and hell. Amen.